Hey, good morning, Orange County Church of Christ. My name is Jay Miner. I am really grateful that you have taken the time to tune in today and that we are going to be spending this time together today. Um, I'm also just really excited about the things that we're going to be talking about. You know, our theme in the Orange County Church of Christ for 2021, at least for the foreseeable future, is renew. And for the last several weeks, we have been talking about how God wants to renew our vision. And Steve talked about this, this vision that we have and viewing things through the filter of adventure, looking about what God wants to do with us. And uh, Marcel talked about renewing a steadfast spirit and allowing God to really change our spirit. And last week, Martine talked about just renewing our, our commitment to the Sabbath and not just resting, but understanding what the Sabbath implies. And I just thought it was so great and so helpful just to understand so much of that context. And, and so, but this idea of renewing is really cool because it is, you know, when, when you feel like that something is not going right or that it's just stuck, isn't it great to kind of hit restart? Isn't it great to be able to go, okay, I'm just, I'm just starting over here. I'm just going to do this. You ever been sending a text to someone and you get almost to the end where you're about to press send and then you're like, no, this isn't good. And you're able to delete it. That's a much different feeling than when you hit send on the text and it's gone. And then you're like, oh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have sent that. You know, when you, when you send something that it's already out there, then you, you can't get it back. And that, that, then you just have to apologize. And then it's like, oh my goodness. But if you can catch yourself before you hit send and you're going to race it, and you get to start over. You're like, yeah, you know what, that's, that, that's actually what I meant. Starting over is such a beautiful thing, and being able to renew your mind, your heart, your spirit is a great thing. And this is one of the great promises that God gives us is this ability to renew. It's in the power of the resurrection that Jesus came back from death to life, and he was renewed. And we get to do this as well. Repentance is this idea of turning from the things that aren't working and turning towards something that is good and being able to renew our actions, renew our mind, renew the way that, that, that we do everything. Being able to press reset is so good. God says that his mercies are new every morning and we get to renew the way that we view our life. So just the whole concept, I think, is really great. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit just about um, what it feels like when you are trying to renew your heart towards other people and you're trying to renew your heart towards the church and how hurt and pain can affect the way that you view other people in the church. You know, Trace and I were talking and praying this morning just about um, the, uh, when, the idea that when you, when you pray for something, and God does not answer your prayer in the way that you want him to answer your prayer, how you can face some disappointment with God. But we were talking about how, you know, when you, when, when, especially when you were younger, when, when I was back in my 20s and first following Jesus and, you know, I, I would pray for something and it didn't work out, I might, might get disappointed. And, and that, that, that can cause, you know, some, some challenges in the way that you view your relationship with God. Um, but when you've been praying for something for a week or two weeks and it doesn't turn out the way that you want, that's one level of pain and disappointment. But I was identifying some things, um, some dreams that I've had that I've been praying for for 25 years and some things that I wanted for my life and things that I wanted for my family and things that I wanted for the church that I was a part of and building up. And they have not panned out the way that I wanted them to in the way that I prayed that God would bring it about 
And, you know, I go to God sometimes and I'm like, God, here's my dreams. This is what I want to see happen. And it's like I'm giving him my list of things that I want to see happen. And then when it doesn't happen, especially when I've been praying for 25 years, I can start to feel a dullness and kind of a, a pain set in as I'm not sure how to relate to God with that. And sometimes, I mean, I felt this like a few years ago. I was going through this time where it was just, I felt like I was getting hit with, uh, with, with all, you know, just so many spiritual uh, attacks coming and, th- and it would hit me. And then I'm like, okay, I got to keep going. And no, oh, I got to keep going again. It's kind of like running through waist deep water. You ever tried to run when you're, when you're like two or three feet in water? It just takes a lot of effort to keep going, but you're definitely trying. Or do you feel like you're ever getting hit and it just seems like it's one arrow after another? And so, of course, this reminded me of uh, a scene in the greatest cinematic experience of all time, The Lord of the Rings. But in the first movie, in The Fellowship of the Ring, uh, when Boromir is trying to protect um, the hobbits and they're in this first major major battle, I can't speak today, they're in this first major battle um, with the orcs uh, in the movie and it's coming and Boromir is just getting hit and actually... Here, don't listen to me. Just watch this and see if you have ever felt like this. Can anybody relate? <laughs> do you know that feeling of like, I'm, I'm trying to do the right thing here. I am trying to hold on, but I, j- I just keep getting hit and I don't know that I can do it anymore. You know, when we've been hurt, we start to view others through the lens of our pain. When we have been hurt and when we feel disappointed, we start to treat one another through the filter of that pain. And we start to speak to one another through the filter of that pain. And this is not how God wants us to live. So how do we renew our own spirit when we're trying to work through pain and hurt? You know, in the South, we've been talking about this a lot over the last few months. Back in the fall, we went through four weeks of addressing grief and how our grief about um, the church and about uh, you know, different things affects us and how it affects our current relationship with our church. 
And this year we've started leaning in and we've started talking about some trigger words and, and how these particular words bring up triggers for us. And we, we're talking about uh, the LED is our series, Leadership, Evangelism, and Discipleship. And as we talk about all those, we're trying to pull out like what comes up in our heart. What does that trigger for us? Because when we've been hurt by things, but we haven't properly processed it, it affects the way that, that, that we treat one another. And this is one thing that I have seen as, as we have been really settling in and getting to know the church here, not just in the South, but throughout all Orange County, is I think that there is a, um, there's a level in many of us, there's a level of pain and of hurt and then protection that then keeps us from living the way that God wants us to live. Because we have been hurt, we're not sure how to then move forward. Because we've been hurt, now we start to speak in a way towards other people and about other people that really is not godly. And I believe that this is something that God wants us to renew. But when, when you feel like you're in that spot, sometimes it's hard to know, how do I move past this? Um, I've been so encouraged by some of the people in the South who are leaning into this and are addressing their own hearts and their own pain. We got a text this week from someone who was like, I'm realizing that I do have some, you know, some pain or, or some hurt towards maybe people who are in leadership. But then if they, if they have never apologized for the things that they've done, how do I move forward? And so this is something that can really mess all of us up. Like when you, you don't know how to move forward when, when maybe the, the, the hurt that has never been addressed or never been dealt with. How do you do that? Is it possible for us to be able to experience a renewal of our own faith and a renewal of our own joy, even when the circumstances may not look the way that we want or even when there may not be the resolution that we want? Is that renewal possible? And I believe that it is. And that's what I want us to talk about today. You know, as I was thinking about this, it, it just reminded me um, about the book of Ezekiel. And the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel was a prophet that... Um, he was serving Israel when they had been taken into captivity in Babylon. And so uh, at, at the beginning of the book of Ezekiel, he's seeing the glory of the Lord. He has this vision of the glory of God, which was a pretty cool thing when you think about getting to see God. But the fact is that God was not in the temple in Jerusalem. He was in Babylon, which means that God had left the Israelites. And so Ezekiel's trying to wrap his mind around this. What in the world is going on here? And so then, then you see through there uh, at several... Further on in the book, uh, he gets a report that Jerusalem has fallen and the temple has been destroyed. And so there's this moment for the Israelites then when they're like, is there any hope? Is there anything good going to come out of this? How do we renew our hope and our faith when we feel like that, that, that God is no longer there or the temple's there or the things that I put my trust in before are no longer there? The things that gave me security before are no longer there? How do I deal with that? And in the last part of the book of Ezekiel, there are three different visions uh, that Ezekiel has that I believe give so much hope. And these are the things that I want us to kind of talk about today because I think it will give you a vision as well and some renewal of your spirit and your excitement about being a part of God's church and being a part of a church, renewing your sense of joy and of faith, even when you are in a church where there has been hurt and disappointment. Is that possible? I believe that it is, absolutely. And we can take our encouragement from 
the scriptures and from the passages in Ezekiel. So we're going to start in Ezekiel chapter 36. And this is just one of the, I love, I love this passage. It's so encouraging because it feels so kind-hearted from God. And so in, in that context that Ezekiel and the Israelites are feeling despair and the temple has been torn down and what is going to happen? Is there ever going to be a time where we're going to get back to it? And so God starts telling Ezekiel about this new Messiah, this new King David, this new king that is going to come from the line of David. He's going to be the new Messiah. And he's talking about that. But then in chapter 36, verse 24, he says, For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. Is that just not the sweetest thing? So here's God saying, yes, things are messed up now, but I have such great plans for us. And I'm going to put a new heart in you, not a heart of stone. I know that right now your heart feels like stone. And honestly, church, in many of us, isn't there a part of our heart that has gotten so hardened that it feels a bit like stone? Even when I talked about those three words, leadership, evangelism, and discipleship, did your heart close up? For many of you, I think that it did. But see, and this is where God wants to take away that bitterness and take away that hardness and give you a new heart of flesh and put a soft heart in you. You know, we've been talking about in the South this idea that if a right thing is done in a wrong way, does that mean that you should never try to do the right thing again? And no, the answer is no, absolutely not. We should try not to do it in a wrong way. But things that are good, like sharing the good news with people, evangelism is a wonderful thing. And how do we do that well? And how do we do that right? Discipleship, helping one another see Jesus and grow to be more like him is a wonderful thing. And we want to move past maybe the unhealthy ways of doing those and get into the healthy and encouraging and life-giving ways of doing those. And this is what God is talking about here. He's, I'm going to put a new heart in you and a new spirit in you. Then you will be my people and I will be your God. And that's what we want. See, we don't, we don't just live in America and we're Christians in America. We are in God's kingdom, God's world. We are citizens in his kingdom, not America. We are citizens in God's kingdom, and we just happen to live in this particular nation right now. But God is our God, and our joy comes from him. And so this, this idea that he can put a new heart and a new flesh, or, or a, he can put a new heart of flesh in us, to me is just so encouraging as I think about that. You know, he goes on in Ezekiel chapter 37, and here comes this vision. I love this. This one's so crazy. It says, The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. So hang on just a second. Now, what kind of bones were these? These were not just bones. that were They were very dry. And some of you can feel like that. Your heart can feel very dry. 
Not just dry, not just like, yeah, I'm not really excited right now, but very dry. And so even when you are in this spot, even when your heart is very dry, God can still do something. And I'll show you what happens. Verse three, he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. And I think what Ezekiel is saying right here is like, I have no idea if bones like this can live. They're very dry. God, it's just a bunch of bones. What are you going to do with that? What do you think Ezekiel was thinking in that moment? Verse four, then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. What do you think Ezekiel was thinking right now? He's looking around. He's in a valley filled with bones. It's like, it's like when you go to the museum and you see the dinosaur bones, but they're not all put in dinosaur shapes. They're just just made a mess all over the floor. And God says, okay, go talk to those bones and tell them that great stuff is going to happen. Okay. I mean, you're supposed to walk up and say, hey, bones. I mean, that sometimes, man, I wonder about these prophets. They had to do some crazy things. And God said, go and do this. And they're like, really? Okay, God. So, but, but he does. So Ezekiel goes to them and he says this. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And I mean, I just wonder, is there anything in there as I was commanded? Is, is Ezekiel rolling his eyes at all? Does he really know what's going on? But anyhow, he does it. I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And so this is an amazing thing. He, he starts to prophesy to the bones, bones, this is what's going to happen. And all of a sudden, the bones start to grow tendons. They start to grow flesh. And they, I mean, it looks like people again. How cool is that? That's amazing. But there was no breath in them. And this is where I think some of us are too. We may not have a heart that is just completely dry. We may not be dry bones. We may be a bag of flesh, right? We got flesh and tendons around the bone. We're standing up. We still go to church. We still have our D times. We still talk to people about God. We still don't say bad words uh, on the freeway when someone cuts us off. We don't lie on our taxes. We do the right things. We have this appearance of being spiritual, but there is no spirit in us. Is that where your heart is? Is that where your Christian walk is? Is this how you feel in your relationship with God? And I think that some of us have this. We have this appearance of godliness, but we can deny the power of the Spirit working in us. We claim to be Christians and we, and we, we say that we are, but then the way that we treat other people in the church is absolutely astounding and astonishing. Some of the things that I have heard from Christians in this church about, they, about the way that they feel about other Christians in this church honestly takes my breath away. Now, I've actually been there, so I know what it is like when you feel so angry at someone else and you feel like, I don't, I don't if they're in heaven, I'm not sure I want to be there too. And I have felt that when that, that disappointment and the disillusionment sets into my heart. 
And when I, my hurt starts to just come forward and it takes over and I stop treating people with love and I'm doing everything from self-protection. And some of the ways that I've heard people talk about other people or even the ways that I've heard people talk to people, it is not done through the filter of the cross. It is not done through the filter of grace. It is not done through the filter of Ephesians 4.29. No unwholesome talk, only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it will benefit them. Even as we have addressed the issues of racial tension within the church, some of the responses that I have heard from people about the conversations that we're having are decidedly and definitively unchristian. And the way that we talk about some of these issues is so not like Jesus. So church, hear me on this. Jesus wants our heart, our complete heart, and he wants to give us a heart of flesh. And he wants to give us a soft heart that cares for other people and that is different from the world around us. Sometimes we can be just like dry bones and other times we're, we're like, we got skin, we got tendons and we're standing there, but we don't have the spirit. And the way that you react to people when people hurt you or disappoint you is a good indicator of whether or not there is a spirit of God working in you. Now, I'm, I'm, talking, I'm not talking about the, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the sense of what you get when you become a follower of Jesus, but I'm talking about walking with the Spirit and allowing Him to be the one that guides you and works within you to do the works that God has called you to do. Reminded me of this passage in James chapter 3, verse 9. It says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. And our church and the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we should not treat one another with anything less than love and compassion and grace. When you call someone else to complain about another person, you are not acting in love. If you have not talked to the person that has hurt you, but you talk to someone else about them, you are no longer acting the way that Jesus wants you to act. This is how God wants us to grow and become the kingdom. This is how we turn the world upside down, is with this type of love, where we do not repay evil for evil, but we overcome evil with good. Where we do not curse our enemies, but we bless them. Where if someone asks us to walk a mile, we'll go too. Where if someone says, hey, what, what, you know, what are you going to do for me? We say, I'll do whatever I can do where we don't think about ourselves, but we think about the good of others, where we make ourselves a servant just like Jesus did and we serve those around us even when they don't deserve it. You know, grace by definition means giving something to somebody who does not deserve to have it. And are you full of grace for the people in our church who you might disagree with about certain things? Sometimes we allow the outside world to seep into the church and what we see on TV and what we hear 
on social media about the way that people talk about people they disagree with, we think that that is okay and we bring that into the church and we start talking to people like that and we start treating people like that. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. You cannot have that spirit towards people. You cannot have a critical spirit towards people in the church and be following the spirit of God. God wants us to be different. Later on in James chapter three, he says, the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. And when our spirit is renewed, that is how we will be. If you do not find yourself to be considerate of other people, you do not have wisdom from heaven. If you say things in the presence of someone else and go, hey, they might be offended, but hey, that's just that's, that's their deal to deal with. That's not consideration. If you do not find yourself being full of mercy, then you are not following the Spirit of God. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. And we need God to renew our dry bones, to renew our hearts of stone and give us a heart of flesh. So after Ezekiel prophesies to the bones and they they get flesh and they get tendons on them, verse nine, it says, then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. This is where the Spirit starts to come. Comes from the four winds, this Spirit of God, this Ruah of God that that breathes into us. Just like in Genesis chapter 2, the Spirit of God came into Adam. He was coming from dirt, and and, and it was a body that was there, but it needed the Spirit to give it breath. This is in the same way when we have lost our way and when we have allowed a bitterness and resentment to become a part of our Christian existence and we have allowed ourselves to start to speak ill of other people in the church and we find ourselves with bitterness and resentment towards people and we roll our eyes and we think I would never be in the same room with that person. That is when we need the Spirit of God to renew us because we have lost connection with God's Spirit and we are no longer following Him and keeping in step with Him. But we want God's Spirit to come and give that to us. Now today, church, this is what I believe that God can do and it is available to us. Now you may have to do some work. There may be some things that you need to address and you need to dig into, but you can absolutely do it. There may need to be some things that you just resolve between you and God and you can do that. There may be some things that you need to resolve with other people, some apologies you need to make or some things that you need to bring up and be honest about and you can do that. And by going to God, he will renew your spirit and your faith and your heart. And we can start to have a church that is filled with joy and that is filled with his spirit, even when there has been pain and hurt and disappointment in the past and in our history. Guys, we're going to have a history that is full of mistakes and that is full of things that did not go well, as well as a history full of great victories and wonderful things that we have seen God do. 
But our defeats in the past do not define us. The things that hurt us in the past do not have to be what define us moving forward. It is the grace of God shown through Jesus on the cross that is what gives us our future moving forward. And we can absolutely let him take us into the, into the future in a great way. We'll let him renew this spirit, our steadfast spirit within us. That we, he can grant us a willing spirit to sustain us. They can let us see this through the lens of adventure. This is going to be amazing. And I do believe that Christians all throughout Orange County need to be examining their own hearts and repenting of pain and hurt and bitterness from the past. And is it easy? No, it's not easy. But is it worth it? Absolutely it is worth it. And then God gives us an Ezekiel. He goes on a few chapters later and he starts talking about, okay, the, the temple needs to look like this and we're going to rebuild it and it's going to be exactly like this. It's amazing. He's giving him this view of the temple. And then in chapter 47, he takes Ezekiel up to the temple again and he gives him this vision of it. And he takes him to the front and out of the door, under the door of the temple from the altar is coming this trickle of water. And water starts flowing out over the threshold, under the door, and it's flowing out towards the east, back towards the garden, back towards where God started it all and where he wants us to be with him. And this water is flowing out. And so God takes Ezekiel and he starts showing him, um, like, look right here, as this water's coming down, it comes up to your ankles and you can kind of walk in it. And then later it comes up to your knees, but you can still kind of walk in it. And then it comes up to your waist and then you're in it. But this water is coming up from the temple, flowing towards the east and it's going everywhere. And then it's too big. It's, it's too, the river is too big for Ezekiel to be in. And he says he, he can't even get there. And then it, it keeps going. And in verse, in verse 8, Ezekiel 47, verse 8, it says, He said to me, This water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah, where it enters the Dead Sea. And when it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Okay, stop for a second. Is that awesome? That the salty water, the dead water becomes fresh. You know, in the Dead Sea, there's, it, there's no water coming out of it. You've probably heard that before. It just, everything flows into it and it gets stuck and it stays there. And so it's all salty and it's dead and nothing can grow and nothing to live. But when this water that comes from the temple, that comes from Jesus on the altar, when it comes down into this Dead Sea, everything becomes fresh. That's what happens to our hearts. When the blood of Jesus comes and cleanses our hearts, it becomes fresh again. And we are then able to forgive and we are then able to move forward and we can let go of our past resentment and we can let go of our past hurt and we can move forward because of this river that is flowing from God. I absolutely love that. Verse 9 Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. And this is what we have. So let me ask you a question. Are you willing to step into the river of God's grace flowing from the altar into the, in the temple? Are you willing to let God's grace, the, the, the fact that Jesus died on the cross for you, are you willing to let that change who you are? Are you willing to let go of your bitterness and resentment? Are you willing to be full of grace yourself? Are you, can you do that? You know, grace, like I talked about, it's given to people who don't deserve it. I'm so grateful that God extended his grace to me. I do not deserve it, but he gave me his grace. And now I want to be able to do that to other people. And man, that is hard. When you've been hurt, it is hard. 
but it is so worth it because that's when you're walking with Jesus. I've been dealing with this over the last few months. There's a couple relationships that I have from my past that I'm having to apply this to and choose to let God's grace be at the forefront instead of my perspective and my hurt and my bitterness. So this is something that I'm working on in my own life and I desperately want our whole church to be doing this as well. Can you give away grace like you're made of it? Like you're made of it. You just walk around, you are made of grace and you can give it away because it's a never-ending supply of grace. Can you give it to people and respond to people with grace even when you disagree, even when you don't understand them, even when they don't understand you? Can we become a church? Imagine if we could do that, that we were a church that was characterized by grace and characterized by love. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and look forward to being with you next week. You can find more information about our church on our website, occhurchofchrist.com, or on the OC Church of Christ app located in the App Store. You can also watch live services on our Facebook and YouTube pages, which are located on our app and website. Thank you for listening, and may God bless your day.